0: Welcome to the Authentic Intimacy Podcast. For one of life's most important topics, authenticity in sex, love, dating and relationships, visit Gavrielshaw.com for resources, courses, coaching tips and more. On with today's show. I'm speaking with Dr. Tisha Morgan, a well-known, highly trained and experienced couples counsellor and sex therapist. Through the use of cognitive behavioral techniques and effective communication strategies, she believes that anyone is able to achieve the kind of deep relationship connection and sexual satisfaction that they have always imagined. Dr. Morgan helps to address issues such as communication concerns and conflicts, infidelity, trust and betrayal, difficulties with intimacy and boundaries, life transitions, personal growth, reconnection and repair or healing. Dr. Morgan, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It's quite the introduction.
0: So in my conversations, I find many people think that sex is equivalent to intimacy. I also find a lot of people, more so men, that see sex can have nothing to do with intimacy. Does that topic come up in your work at all?
1: I believe it does, yes. I think um, sweeping the broad brush and saying, you know, this group or that group, men versus women view it this way can be troublesome, but I understand um, why society view it that way. I think that sex can be had with no intimacy involved, because obviously there is a difference between just sex and sex with intimacy. I believe sex with intimacy comes from an authentic place. So that is being able to be authentic in one's skin without the fear of judgment so within a safe space and feeling as though you um, understand where someone else is coming from authentically um, and able being able to hold that space and meet them there with um, energy and emotion and when I say emotion I think a lot of people feel like that means that it has to be lovey-dovey and soft and um, sweet. Um, And of course, that's wonderful. That could be the lovemaking category, but it doesn't have to because eroticism is just simply the emotion component to whatever type of emotion may enter the scene. So I think that can be quite different between intimacy and just the act of sex. Mm -hmm. And what challenges
0: do you see that people have with achieving that level of authentic intimacy and the challenges in communicating their sexuality?
1: I think being truly authentic in our skin during sex and intimacy is very difficult because it is one of the most vulnerable places to be and to live. There's a lot of shame around it, not just from our society internally, externally, in a variety of different ways, and it can be very hard regardless of what society says. to express what you actually want and desire um, with regards to fantasy or just simple touch. Um, so I think it is a very vulnerable place to be because rejection in that space, however that looks like, can really hit home.
0: Mm. And do, do are we all suppressed? Is society still very backward in your view or are we actually making a lot of good progress?
1: Um, it depends on what society you live in probably (laughs) but uh i feel like in canada anywhere where i am i feel like we are making good progress in that direction and that starts with a lot of education and good sex education at a young age and progressing um farther in that direction that being said i think we have a very very long way to go and definitely compared to places in europe we are still very much in the dark ages or too conservative or um those sorts of things so Long way to go, but um, optimism, I guess, is key. We're heading in the right direction.
0: Mm. Is there any new science that you're, you're seeing at the moment coming out on the areas that you work in?
1: Oh, that's a broad question. Um, I think there's a lot of new science around uh, prostate cancer and how much a man ejaculates, for instance, um, and whether that's tied to uh, partnered sex and orgasm or masturbation and his own kind of pleasure. Um, so the flushing of the system. But I think new research around sex and intimacy comes out weekly. So um, it's always hard to stay abreast on everything that's, no pun intended, everything that's um, <laughs>
0: So what tips and recommendations can you do do you give or can you give for our listeners?
1: I guess in the realm of good intimacy?
0: Yeah, authentic intimacy.
1: Okay. Um, I think to achieve authentic intimacy, communication is key, whether that is authentic intimacy within the bedroom. So that would be, um, you know, with a a sexual based component or authentic intimacy outside the bedroom. And that can be emotional, intellectual, psychological intimacy. So there's so many different facets. But regardless of the area, I think good communication is um, the crux of that. And learning communication strategies on how to do that is half of my job, I guess, as a therapist, especially with couples counseling when clients come in on how to express thoughts or feelings or ways that they've been hurt or feel rejected or not understood or invalidated in a way that um, their partner can understand. So a lot of times we would say, um, as far as tips go, um, when you're talking with a partner and you're trying to express something that you want to see change or really hurts you, to really do it in kind of a, a packet of four. So that would be giving an observation, giving a thought, then giving a feeling, and then giving a need or a want. So what that look like, an observation is something that is factual. So um, I'll just give a generic um, example, for instance. So let's say you the observation was... I came home and the kitchen was very dirty. There was dishes absolutely everywhere. That would be an observation as a fact. Then you insert a thought. So a thought is kind of like a um, a, a personal hypothesis. And that could be something like... Um, I know that you've been really busy at work and I'm not sure if you had to work late and that's why you couldn't get to helping, you know, do the dishes. Um, I know you've had a lot on your plate recently. So that would be a hypothesis of why the kitchen is dirty and your partner didn't help. Then a feeling. So starting with an I statement, um, I feel really burdened and stressed out when I come home from work and the kitchen is really dirty. This is an I statement. It's not attacking. And then you end with a need or a want. And that would be Moving forward, can we come up with a schedule perhaps where maybe I do the dishes on Monday and you do the dishes on Wednesday or every second day so that we don't run into this continual problem? So that would be a way of expressing something that um, hurts you or that you want to get communicated within a four-step kind of package without attacking or bringing up the past, uh, character attacking. Um, So obviously I gave an example that was very um, broad and not sexual based. But as far as tips, if you can use those four when addressing sex and intimacy-based concerns, it usually has a softer edge on it mm. and can come across um, with much better, um, I guess, uh, reaction. Mm. That makes sense.
0: What What are the boundaries? How How do you define a sex therapist? How How specific or narrow does it stick to sexuality versus the rest of a couple's relationship?
1: That's a good question. I think sex is kind of like the canary in the mind. It's the first thing that goes often. So when there's problems in the bedroom, oftentimes there's problems outside the bedroom, and the lack of sex or the problems with intimacy sometimes are just a symptom of something bigger. Mm. That being said, that is not the case in every relationship, but oftentimes is the case. So usually, um, like as a sex therapist, for instance, if a couple's coming into me with intimacy-based concerns, we kind of try to tackle it from a holistic approach, like layers of the onion. You know, you start on the outside and you you go um, deeper and deeper in to maybe more of the core or crux of the issue that's having a trickle down effect and therefore affecting the sex life. So I would say, um, if you're really doing, um, therapy, then obviously sex, um, uh, reaches the far ranges of everything to do with your relationship often. So it's looking at analyzing and tackling all of those things, not just the actual act of sex. So that being said, that's couples counseling and therapy. Um, Someone, for instance, might just come in, like a male might come in with premature ejaculation, for instance. And then it might just be he only wants one session, and he only wants that outside layer of the onion. Just give me some tips, some tools, some techniques so I can go away, do A plus B to equal C, mm-hmm. and fix my symptoms. And he doesn't want to look deeper at the core root of what may be causing the premature ejaculation, and that's fine as well. So that's much more um, sex education and coaching versus the therapy um, mm-hmm. component of it. Um, so the whole broad brush or gamut, I guess you would get. Mm-hmm.
0: How did you get into this area originally, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Yeah, no, I, um, I, in Canada, we have a woman, her name is Sue Johansson. Um, she had a show called, uh, Talk Sex with Sue, um, and the Sunday night sex show. And what she would do is, um, she was a retired nurse and people would call in and ask sex questions and she would answer them very candidly with no judgment. And I used to watch her show religiously and I thought, wow, that is amazing. And I would try to answer the question before she did. My interest in it, I don't know why, um, but I never really thought that was a viable job option. So um, when I started to go to school, I was in psychology and I was really enjoying the process of learning about the human psyche. And while I was doing my masters, I was doing a lot of my presentations in like the ideology of fetishism, or, you know, why does bestiality occur? Or is pornography good for you? Or, you know, why has the money shot in porn changed from nineteen twenty to, you know, two thousand and sixteen? And one of my professors was like you seem kind of interested in this. You should, probably, <laughs> you should probably specialize. And it was kind of like a light bulb moment. I didn't know you actually could or that yes. that was a real thing because it's still kind of a niche market. It's still quite new, especially here in Canada. And then it just kind of progressed from there because I thought, well, if you're going to specialize in anything in psychology, why not make it the most interesting part, in my opinion, I guess. So. Yeah.
0: What do you feel that you're really contributing to people? Do you have a sense of the contribution that you're making at a deeper level of a person 's uh, life experience or it, or do you see it more in terms of impacting society on a broader scale rather than just the individual contribution
1: mm. I would like to say that i I hope to do both. I think that um, daily, I work one on one with um, helping people individually change their sexual schemas or recover from trauma or communicate more effectively about their wants and needs or overcome erectile dysfunction or vaginismus, dyspareunia, painful sex so I think on an individual level I can definitely see daily changes that I make to help the individual. On a global or societal scale I would also hope um, one day to have a greater effect and I think that comes from education so um, I did a TED talk talk on masturbation myths, for instance. Um, So I think part of it is a lot around the education component of the societal shift that hopefully one day I can help to make. But I think that's kind of a lifelong goal and nothing that would ever happen overnight. I would feel blessed if I was able to do that in even a small amount.
0: Awesome. I did watch, I I saw the TED talk uh, some time ago and I I, I enjoyed it, very comical. I'll include the link for it uh, in the show notes. Any other, any final thoughts, comments, tips, and where can people find you online?
1: I think that as a final comment, if somebody is really looking to expand their um, sexual understanding, I can't stress enough that just therapy in general is a really helpful tool. Whether you go to a therapist, a a specific sex therapist or not, I think taking the time to um, look inward and do some introspection on why you have certain fantasies, for instance, uh, why you pick the certain partners that you do. Um, if there's patterns that arise there, um, what you find most fulfilling in an intimate encounter, how you feel love in a partnership or, um, how you receive love or give love, things like that can have such a massive impact on your, um, I guess, success for lack of a better word in being intimate and in your skin. So, uh, therapy in general, obviously as a therapist, I might be biased, but, uh, that I think is really helpful. So I guess that would be my last final thought where people can find me. I do have a website. It's, um, just Tisha Morgan.com on the website is about what I do and my therapy in general. Um, if people are looking for more information on, um, sex therapy in general, or just getting education around it, we're starting an online training program, uh, called the westland academy of clinical sex therapy and that's just the and they can find information around everything i'm talking about from how to fix premature ejaculation to you know communicate better um and hopefully that program will be up and running within a year